All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Angry Fans Sports Edition. I'm your host, Afro, and with me, I got the family, Lord Fish. How you doing tonight, man? Doing fantastic. Another great episode ahead of us. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. I'm excited because the first topic is something, you know, you just told me that you're looking forward to defending this man, but I, I look forward to bashing him and making fun of him, even though there's not really much to make fun of. After 18 seasons... 18 fucking seasons, LeBron James finally took a first-round exit in the playoffs. A lot of people have come out coming at this man's neck. A lot of people have come out, you know, defending his legacy. Uh, So I just want to jump right into your thoughts because you just said you were excited about talking about this. And before we even go into the questions of the statements that were said, I just want to know your personal thoughts on him losing in the first round. Just what are your thoughts on that? I'm ecstatic with him losing. Wow, yeah, you're ecstatic. You're happy. He, he lost to the point guard, Chris Paul, <laughs> the point guard. Um, the man that had fucking 17 points, 15 assists the other night, double-double. Uh, glad to see the sun succeed and stuff like that. Um, you know, my whole thing around LeBron James, I saw what Channing Fry said. You know, Channing Fry was like, oh, if the dude averages under 25 points, he should get out the league, right? The dude's averaged over 25 since 2004, you know? Um, that's why and, Shannon made his comments, though. And exactly. Shannon made those comments because he's trying to help LeBron end his career as the GOAT. He He's on record saying LeBron is the greatest player to ever play. So he's not disrespecting LeBron when he made his comments. He's just See, trying Le- to help LeBron end LeBron, on a high note. LeBron will never be better than Jordan. We all know that, you know? Thank Jordan, you for admitting that. I appreciate Jordan it. Jordan will always be the GOAT, just like Tom Brady will always be the GOAT in football just like Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky, et cetera. You know, what we've never seen in basketball, and this is why I want LeBron to continue playing, is his kid's 16 years old right now. LeBron is 36 years old, you know. Um, We've seen in baseball with Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. We've seen in hockey where dads and their sons have played in professional leagues together. We've never seen that in basketball. LeBron, so you're just being selfish. You just want to see LeBron James be on the same court as his son. Absolutely. Who, who doesn't want to see history in the making? I don't want to see his kid embarrass him on the court, bro. Because by the time his kid is actually in the league, hit LeBron's going to be he's going to be done, bro. See, you say that, but Dwayne Wade, who's retired, is still destroying his son. No, I understand that. But two completely different people, two completely different players. Two completely different positions. Dwayne Wade you, is a monster. So how do you not know that they're, they're not going to be on the same team? <laughs> we, we've we've heard Lavar Ball talk about this upcoming year, right? This upcoming offseason because Lonzo is going to be a free agent, right? He's saying Lonzo is going to go to Charlotte, and then 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 they're going to sign Lagello, and they're going to have the triple Bs down in Charlotte, and you know it's going to be the next greatest thing. So. All LeBron has to do, and he's still averaging 25 points, right? All he has to do is make it another three years. He'll be 39 years old. Bronny James will be 19 at the time. He'll be able to come in the league. And that's why I want to see it. You know, Channing Fry was his teammate. Like you said, he thinks he's going to, he's the greatest player ever, which we know is not true. We know Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player ever. Um, LeBron this season had 25 points. He had, Seven assists and seven rebounds. Hold on so a second. Still, LeBron also missed a lot of time. 
He only missed 16 games. That's a lot of time in the NBA season. Yeah, but he's still in the top tier of the league. He's still elite. Oh, and he's I, still one of the best players in the yes, league to play and, today. And I he, he's LeBron. not that he's not the, the best player in the league anymore. Yeah, he's still top not. five, hands down, but he's not top three. Yeah, so he should still continue to compete. Even though I hate LeBron, you know, I love to see him lose. I'd love to see him get shit on a few more times. But I'd love to see him in the league and play with his son in three, four years. You know, you know I'd love I, to see. I respect what you're saying, and I, that's a wholesome, that's a wholesome way of looking at it. You know, that's a good way of looking at. It. You know, you're not a fan of the guy, but you would love to see him. You know, be on the court with his kid one day, and that would be a story for the history books. You know, LeBron James playing against his kid or playing on the same team as his kid, first time that happened in NBA history. That would be fucking amazing. Um, but no, I agree with Shannon Fry. I think he should retire. <laughs> I just don't want to see the guy anymore. And Shannon Fry made some good points. The Lakers have no cap space. They have no opportunity to bring somebody in to help LeBron James. So as this team is right now, he's just going to hurt his legacy. So as a fan who's who doesn't like LeBron James, I would love seeing him just waste his time and keep losing in the first round or second round or you know attempting to make it to the finals because we all know he can still compete and if anthony davis was healthy they had a chance to go to the finals i'm not i'm not saying that the lakers didn't have a chance it's not what i'm saying at all if the lakers are fully healthy they definitely have a chance but you know they were missing some key people this year and a lot of people aren't talking about that they didn't play montrez harrell which was fucking weird last year's six man of the year and they didn't even play him i don't know what the fuck was going on there they lost dwight howard you know just they they lost key pieces of of the team that helped them win a championship last year and a lot of people don't consider that a real championship because it was a covid bubble year Mm -hmm. um as you saw you know the teams that were in the finals last year they got bounced out of the first round both of them so now people are saying that that ring doesn't even count um which I, i don't agree with because that was some great basketball we witnessed but I do think LeBron James should call it a day, man. You know, he's more worried about becoming a movie star and, you know, directing films. You know, we got Space Jam coming up in a couple months. I'm excited about that. When they asked him what he's ready to what he's getting ready to do for the Olympics, he says, oh, you know, I got my game coming up with Bugs Bunny. I thought that was pretty funny because he's bringing that into the real life. You know, when we all watched Sp- Space Jam when we were kids, we saw Michael Jordan doing interviews, doing the same thing. So I thought that was pretty cool. See, like, I, I, I get what you're saying, right? You know, he should retire, et cetera. But you look at someone like Tom Brady, who's been in the league for over 20 years, and you've seen past players who have played way past their prime, like Vince Carter and stuff. Vince Carter played four decades in the NBA. So, like, I feel like as long as LeBron's able to compete and he's, as long as he's able to be a top player, it's not really going to hurt his legacy. Because he still had those 18 seasons where he's been an absolute monster. So let me ask you this, man. Do you think Shannon Fry was wrong for making those comments? No, absolutely not. I mean, it's none of his business, but he's just trying to look out for a former teammate. You know? Now, another legitimate question because of what Shannon Fry said, it made the most sense. Do you think the Lakers still have a chance to compete for a championship with the current roster that they have? If they can stay healthy. They only lost last year. They were 52 and 19 this year. They were 42 and 30, you know, but once again, they, they're, they're missing players from last yeah, year's they, roster. 
You're right. And then the but... players they got this year. I mean, we all saw the comments, you know, Magic Johnson made about Schroeder. This man's been torn apart by the media, fans, everybody for his lack of yeah. effort and his play his style. Line, et cetera. You know, fucking he was hesitant in the playoffs and everything like that. But they they were all injured. Like LeBron had that high ankle sprain. AD ended up getting hurt in the playoffs. Schroeder couldn't shoot. Uh, LeBron was begging KCP to fucking shoot the ball during one of the games. Like, you know what's crazy is that you just named all that stuff. And once again, the sixth man of the year last year, Montrez Harrell, didn't play. So yeah. What what is going on in LA? What why do you think they didn't play him, man? I don't know. I mean, the man's gonna be a free agent this year, so he might not even stay in LA. I'm not even gonna lie. I hope he comes to Boston because I've watched him since his college days and I love his play style, man. When Doc drafted him, I was happy for him because I thought that was a good coach for him. I would love to see him come play in Boston. Yeah. We know he would defend Lucky, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so true. We know he's ready for a scrap. Yo, yeah. him and Marcus Smart on the same team would be crazy. That's all yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> Vocal on the court. Absolutely. But all right, man, we're going to end right there on that one. We don't care too much about LeBron James or the Lakers, but we're going to move on to somebody we do care for and somebody I hope will come to Boston, but we'll see what happens. Damian Lillard, man, as soon as they lost, teams were already calling. What are your thoughts on this, man? Do you see Portland Trailblazers giving up Damian Lillard? So the GM... Uh, I forget his name. He came out and he said, Damian Lillard will be on the Portland Trailblazers by next season. You know, Damian Lillard has always had complete loyalty to the organization. He's one of the guys that in the league that hasn't left to go play for a super team or anything like that. He begged Jason Kidd to come out there. And uh, I looked at what Jason Kidd said, and I know that goes into our next question, but Jason Kidd said, due to the fact that Damian Lillard was asking him to come out there, he felt uncomfortable. And it was like too much pressure. So he turned it down. That was one of the things. But um if that's they do want to get out reply, by the way. What by Jason Kidd? Yeah, it's such a cop out reply. Like if you don't want to go there, just say you don't want to go there. Don't say you can't tell me that one of the best point guards of all time and a Hall of Famer is it feels too much pressure from another point guard. Like come on. I mean Jason Kidd also said something about too big a shoes to fill, which is kind of crazy because you want another opportunity to head coaching and stuff like that. And you have a star player that's trying to recruit you. Once again, I think it's a cop out answer because no disrespect to the Portland Trailblazers coach, but they haven't done anything. Yeah. They've won playoff games. They competed in the regular season, but they haven't done anything. No, no, no disrespect to him, but I think Mark Jackson was a better coach and what he did with the Golden State Warriors, but that's, that's, off topic. So keep going, man. Yeah. Um, Damian Lillard, even though he's 31, he's an absolute animal. He's top 10 in the league, you know, six time all star. He broke Clay Thompson's record in the playoffs. This, um, three pointers made. He had 12. Yeah. It was such a game. great game, man. Such a great Absolutely. game. Absolutely. 55 points, lost, double dude. overtime, and he still lost, which is heartbreaking. Um, if Portland does want to get rid of him, I can only see him realistically going to two teams i know all right so hold on before you go there i'm going to name off uh some statements before we talk about the teams we think he goes to so Stephen a a very trusted source in the nba came out and said there were seven teams who already showed interest um four teams being the knicks heat clippers and the lakers the knicks right now are the favorites to land him because they have the most cap space they have the most young talent to give up um 
But right now, the betting odds are saying the Knicks are the favorite. The Clippers come in in second. The Heat, three. The Lakers, four. 76ers at fifth. And the Celtics in sixth place. But the Clippers, Heat, and Lakers are all coming up a bit short because they don't have the cap space. So unless they do star swaps, it's not going to happen. So when we say star swaps, we're talking about giving up Damian Lillard and probably C.J. McCollum for like a LeBron James or like an Anthony Davis. Um the Miami Heat, I can't see them giving up anybody like Bam out of Bayou. Cause like if, if you're trading for Damian Lillard, you're gonna want a superstar cal- caliber player. And besides Jimmy Butler, the only other person on the Heat would be Bam out of Bayou. And I, I'm not giving up Big Bam, not, not at all. Um, I, I really think my personal opinion, and this is what you were going into, I, I personally think the Celtics have the best chance to get Damian Lillard besides the New York Knicks. Obviously, the New York Knicks are the front runner. But I know Damian Lillard said he wants to play for Jason Kidd. And right now, it looks like Jason Kidd is going to be the next coach of the Boston Celtics. So what are your thoughts on that? So, I mean, after what Jason Kidd said, um, with being uncomfortable and stuff like that, about going to Portland after Dame specifically tried recruiting him, I can't see the Celtics using that as a recruiting tool. This doesn't work, especially after him turning down Dame in Portland. Um, like you were saying, the two most realistic places that Damian Lillard could land are Boston and the Knicks. You know, the Knicks oh, real, got real quick, not to cut you off, right? Part of the reason why people have to say that and why Jason Kidd had to make those comments, because if he does get hired as Boston, you're not supposed to recruit players during this time period. Fair so enough. he has to cover himself at the same time. So I just want to throw that out there because I know other people who are going to be listening to this know this. So Jason Kidd can't say, hey, I'm not going to coach you in Portland, but come over here to Boston. You get what I'm saying? Good point. Yep. But go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. Like I was saying, the Knicks and the Celtics are the most realistic spots for um, Damian Lillard to get traded to. You look at the Lakers, you know, the Lakers don't have the draft picks or the space due to the AD trade. Clippers don't have the draft picks or the space due to the PG trade. Um, A realistic Knicks trade would look like, Knicks get Damian Lillard, Blazers get R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robertson, three first-round picks, and two pick swaps, right? That's the most reasonable. I don't know what the Celtics would do. I know Kemba's disgruntled. And my question for you is, to get Damian Lillard in Boston, to get him with the Celtics, you know, with Brad Stevens in the front office, say we get Jason Kidd as the head coach, what would be your ideal trade for Damian Lillard. You know, I made a Facebook post the other day about this and um, I got a a lot of likes on it. And I spoke to a lot of people on uh, Messenger, you know, saying like they agreed with me and they never even thought about it. But um, unfortunately, and it's the only thing that makes sense, in order to get Damian Lillard, we would have to give up uh, Jalen Brown. Um, And I think that would be the perfect move for Portland in a sense, because once again, Damian Lillard is 31 years old. Um, if you're going to do something, now is the time, and that's for both of them. I understand Damian Lillard's been there for so many years, and he's been the franchise star, but he even made a cryptic tweet himself, quoting Nipsey Hussle. You know, basically something's got to give, something's got to happen. You know, what are we what are we doing at this point in time? Um, I don't know if they would accept Kemba in a trade, but I believe Jalen Brown and maybe another trade piece like Marcus Smart or even, um, I don't know, Grant Williams, so just somebody, you know, so just to give up somebody. 
Um, I'd be more than happy to give up Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker, but just for Damian Lillard, I don't think that's enough. I feel like Boston would have to get back a draft pick or something as well because we're giving up two star caliber players, even though Kemba's injured and he has a bumped up knee. You know, there's only so much you can give back. So in my honest opinion, we have to give up Jalen Brown because Jason Tatum is our clear future star, especially mm-hmm. we saw that in the playoffs. And then Kemba's got to go. Like you said, he's disgruntled. He's a little upset with Danny Ainge because Danny Ainge tried to trade him all year um, yep. after he just signed like a max deal with us not too long ago, which I don't blame Kemba for being well, upset because he said nothing from, but the begin from the beginning that he wanted to be here. So, well, not just that, like, so Kemba in the bubble and everything, he averaged 20 over 20 points. Everybody was looking to him as the guy, you know, nothing but great things. And then this year he kind of took a backseat towards Jason Tatum as he grew as a player and kind of broke out and had those big games and just completely dominated. Well, I mean, even last year, Jason Tatum outshined him. Yeah, absolutely. But like he was still the front runner last year compared to this year where he completely took a backseat to Jason Tatum, kind of like Kristoff's Porzingis did to Luka Doncic. Yeah. I mean, and that comes down to coaching as well. You know, last year, Brad had a lot more plays for Kemba to where this year Kemba had the roughed up knee. And you could tell the Celtics weren't trying to play him that much. You know, I had Kemba on my fantasy team. They rested him every other game. So he would play, sit, play, sit. And he did that a lot throughout the entire year. So they had to make Jason Tatum the focal point of the offense. And Jalen Brown was the other focal point when uh, J- when JT needed to take a break. You know, I I only expected this. You know, I didn't think Kemba Walker was going to be on our team by the end of the year or by next season. So because we weren't able to trade him because of the injury, I don't think Kemba Walker would be on our team by the start of next season. So with a disgruntled Kemba, cardiac Kemba, what do you see the Celtics doing? Um, So there's a couple things real quick. Um, So if we don't trade him for Damian Lillard, there's two places I could see getting him. And it also depends on where Damian Lillard goes. So the New York Knicks, you know, they, they need a point guard. Derrick Rose is a free agent. And then they have a bunch of young guys. They have the cap space. So we could make a move to the New York Knicks if they're not able to get Damian Lillard, which once again, the GM doesn't want to trade Damian. So I could see us trading to the New York Knicks. And I know Kemba would be happy to play in Madison Square Garden. I think any player would be happy to play there. Another place, and uh, this is a trade rumor I saw, is us trading to Oklahoma and because uh, they're in a rebuild. They have way too many draft picks. They can't even use all those draft picks, so they have to give them up. Like It's not possible to draft all those players because they wouldn't be able to keep all those players. So the, with the plurentha of draft picks that they have in OKC, they need to do something. So I think Boston can trade to OKC because of the, the amount of money Kemba is owed on his cap, the only two teams that make sense are the New York Knicks and then the Oklahoma City Thunder. You could trade to the Thunder, and then we can get Al Horford back along with a couple of draft picks. So we would get another reunion in Boston, uh, and we would also get a big man that we desperately need in Boston. So that right there is the biggest trade that makes the most sense. A uh, little backtracking. So we've been talking about Damian Lillard getting traded, et cetera. Can you see Portland trying to get rid of him going into a complete rebuild mode like the Houston Rockets? Like, do you see that working out for them or see them even trying to do that? So right now, the Trailblazers have a great core team to where they can blow that up and they can 
easily rebuild and still compete. They're not in a situation like Houston where they got screwed over or they're in a situation like where the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, they don't have any stars. Portland, they have Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum in contract. Two guys you can easily move for young future stars. Um, so it, it just depends on what the GM is able to do, man. If the GM is able to pull off something good, Portland can be set up to where they could still compete for a championship. But if they keep this team that they have together now, it's good. It's just a bunch of wasted talent on a team. They're going to compete in the first or second round of the playoffs, but they're not going to get any further, especially with Klay Thompson coming back next year. You know, Anthony Davis, LeBron James being healthy again next year, and we don't know what kind of moves they're going to make in the offseason. The Phoenix Suns being as good as they are, just coming up and coming. You know, the Memphis Grizzlies only getting better. Like, all these teams in the West are ready to compete. So, Portland needs to blow up that team. So, we've clearly ruled out the Clippers, the Lakers. We've talked about the Knicks and the Celtics possibly getting Damian Lillard. What is one team that's a complete dark horse that has a chance to grab Damian Lillard? Is there anybody you see out there that could possibly, you know, put something together, put a package together to possibly get this dude out there? The the Oklahoma City Thunder, like I just said, they have all the draft picks in the world. The I think their most expensive contract on the team is Al Horford. So if you can give up Al Horford, because they need help in the paint as well, because, yeah, they have a couple big guys down there, Enos Cantor and the other dude, but they're not healthy and they, they barely compete. So if you can give up Al Horford and a bunch of draft picks, not only are you getting a superstar player, you have – all the tools in the world to bring help in. So the uh, the Thunder are the, the dark horse. And I think a lot of people need to start looking at them because I think they're going to make some moves and make major uh, make a major shakeup in the NBA. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, now, real question, what team would you like to see him play on? If he got traded, where would you – I mean, I know you're a Boston fan, so try not to be biased on this. Obviously, I would love to see Damian Lillard come to Boston. But in all honesty, what team would you like to see Damian get traded to? See, Damian Lillard's a fan favorite, you know. He's progressively gotten better since he came in the league in 2012. Dame time, he's loyal to a franchise, to a T. And I'd personally like to see him I'd, – I'd like to see him go anywhere where he could excel, regardless of what team. Any Anywhere where he could – best chance for him to get a ring, best chance for him to perform at a high level where he's the number one. So, unfortunately, that could be the Knicks. If the Knicks give up, like I said, that trade earlier with R.J. Barrett and um, the two other dudes and stuff, him and Randall, he would definitely be the one over. You know, he'd be playing in Madison Square Garden where, of course, we already talked about it in previous podcasts where the fans are absolutely nuts. You know, you got Spike Lee there who I fucking hate. I can't stand that man. And I was so glad to see that man fucking leave. When they were losing, when they lost the Atlanta Hawks. I love Spike Lee. I don't know how you can I hate that. I fucking man. hate him. He is so <laughs> annoying. The dude that chirps, he, he's bad luck. He's bad luck. He's the dude that chirps, chirps at Reggie Miller. And then Reggie Miller fucking puts up all those points in limited amount of time. Come on, you man. Know what you're mean? talking like, about something that happened over 20 years ago. But that that's the problem. He's been bad luck for that franchise for over 20 years. Yeah, all right. No, no, he's not. No, he's no, not. He's bad <laughs> fucking luck. Going back to what dude. you just said, though, not to cut you off, but um, if New York made a trade and they wanted to compete for a ring, they I think they should trade all those players, but I think you need to keep R.J. Barrett 
on that team. RJ Barrett is a, is a superstar and nobody's talking about him, but the guy's numbers are impressive and he's gotten better every year since he got drafted. To me, RJ Barrett, everybody talks about Zion. To me, RJ Barrett's the better player. So if you have RJ Barrett and uh, Julius Randle with Damian Lillard, that's a solid big three that can compete with anybody. And uh, that that is all your answers right there. They can all shoot. They can all rebound. They can all do it all. And that would be a scary big three. So that would be my pick if he didn't go to the Celtics because I would love to see him compete. And I would love to see the Knicks in the playoffs. So hypothetically, what could the Knicks do that doesn't involve R.J. Barrett getting traded to the Trailblazers? Could you just see him, the other two players I named earlier, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, three first-round picks and the two pick swaps. Is there anybody else that they could put in there that doesn't include R.J. that could surface that trade, that could work for that trade? So I don't even think they can afford to give up Mitchell Robinson because the Knicks don't have a center. Yeah, they have Julius Randle down low, but they need Mitchell Robinson. I think they would need to keep R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, give up Obi Toppin because he didn't do anything. Just give up Obi Toppin in three-year draft picks. <laughs> Damian Lillard, to me, is worth those three draft picks. Like Absolutely. I, I don't think you need all of those picks. And then you have all the cow space in the world. So if you... If you're able to give up Obi Toppin and draft picks, free agency's right there. You you can bring it, bring in Demar Derozan, you know somebody else who is a, a guaranteed score. That that's a crazy starting five right there. You have Damian Lillard, Demar Derozan, R.J. Hell. Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson as your starting five. That would be fucking amazing. So the the biggest thing about Damian Lillard is he's on contract through yeah, the he has three more years. Yeah, through twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five. Which is perfect because if things don't work out, you can end up trading them again. But you would have three chances at winning a ring because Julius Randle's in contract. So is RJ Barrett. I think that would be the best opportunity. Let me ask you this last question on Damian Lillard and everything. Say he does get traded to the Knicks or the Knicks, like we said, are the front runner. Do the Knicks deserve someone as good and as loyal as Damian Lillard? Fuck no. No, they don't. <laughs> they have the worst for. owner in the entire <laughs> NBA. The guy's Nolan's a jackass. He needs to be gone. I don't even know. He still has a team. The fans, almost everybody in the world hates this dude. And he's like, fuck it. It's my team. Whatever. Yeah. He, he's banned people. For, I remember there was a dude in the, in the seats and was like, trade the team, trade the team or something along the lines. And he's like, do you want to be banned? You're banned. You're banned for life. <laughs> Which I, at the same time, I respect that. That's a power move. Like, dude, this is my team. This is my arena. You're going to try to disrespect me. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, I mean, but he, he just needs to make moves, man. Clearly, he's not done anything. So many people love the city and love the team. And the colorway is amazing. But they just they just don't got it, man. Like, I feel so sorry for so many stars that have gone through that team. You know, it's funny. I just saw them release their all-time decade list for the last 10 years. And uh, they had Amari Stoudemire uh, and Carmelo Anthony on that list. And I was just like, that's depressing. Like, cause they didn't do anything. They uh-huh. did absolutely nothing. Besides so getting, I remember Melo going to a fight with the Celtics. Oh yeah. yeah. Honey Nut Cheerios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, all right, man, we're going to end that right there. That's another story for another day. If you're a real fan, you know exactly what we're talking about. But um, let's go on to another topic. You know, we brought up the Celtics earlier. We're going to go back on to that. Kevin Durant. 
who some people argue is the the best player in the league right now. You know, we talked about LeBron James losing that spot. I personally think it's Kawhi Leonard. Some people will argue Kevin Durant. Some people will say Giannis. Some people will say James Harden. Some people say Steph Curry. It's completely up to you. It's all personal opinion. But Kevin Durant was quoted saying, I've had series against Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, the Memphis Grizzlies, and now Jason Tatum is in that conversation. He's an elite player already at the age of 23. And I'm like, all right, I can see where this is going. It's an honor to play against him. He continues to praise him and ends his statement by saying, I hate that we're in the same conference because I know as he gets older and their team grows, we're going to be battling year in and year out. The fact that you have somebody who's arguably argued as one of the greatest scorers of all time and is being argued as the best player in the league right now, to hear these words come out of his mouth. What, what are your thoughts on this? You know, we just talked about Jason Tatum and the growth he's had and how he had a career year. What do you think about this? So, I mean, Jason Tatum's only 23 years old. He's been in the league for four years. I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. They've actually talked about him being a centerpiece for uh, the Olympic team, the USA Olympic basketball team. And I'm so excited uh, for that, by the way. This kid has, since his rookie season, his rookie season, he averaged 13 points. He's doubled that. You know, we've seen him this year in the playoffs, and we're going to move on and talk about, you know, under 25, who's making sparks in the playoffs, et cetera. And Jason Tatum is one of those guys. He's the centerpiece for the Celtics. He's been an absolute animal. You know, this kid's dunked on LeBron. His rookie year, man, I have the shirt. That was yeah, one of my favorite just plays. Absolutely incredible. And every year, like, he's elevated himself. The last two years, he's been an all-star. He His rookie year in the league, he was all NBA, first rookie team. He's just, you know, he's – the next Paul Pierce. He's the next great Celtic. He's That's the truth. Be around for a long time. I don't even think we can call him the next Paul Pierce because the way he's playing right now, he's playing better than Pierce when Pierce was at his age. And Pierce was my favorite player growing up for everybody out there that wants to talk shit when they hear that I'm a Celtics kid and my name's Paul. So, of course, Paul Pierce was my favorite player. <laughs> but no, in all honesty, like the way Jason Tatum is playing, it, it's, it's amazing. And I'm just happy I'm able to witness it because – out of all the years, I'm 30 years old. Out of all the years I grew up watching the Celtics play, I never saw a draft pick become so enjoyable to watch or flourish into this superstar talent. The last guy I saw do this, once again, was Paul Pierce. And we're, so we're talking about over 20 years ago. So it's, it's crazy to think about. With, with seeing KD say that, like, do you think, does that scare you? Um, do you think we'll lose Jason Tatum? I mean, I don't think so, like. I feel like Jason, Jason Tatum, he's had a, he's got loyalty to Boston. You know, we talked last week about how people don't see him as a leader on the court, but he's a leader behind the doors. Um, with Brad Stevens now being in the front office and especially being this dude's head coach for the last four years, I mean, I can't see why this dude would want to leave. You know, they have the pieces to make it in the playoffs. We just talked about Damian Lillard possibly coming over here. Him being so young, I could see him sticking it through and seeing it through. If he was, you know, in his 30s and he was at the end of his career, maybe not. But because he's so young and he's got such a career ahead of him, I can't see him want to leave in Boston. 
anytime soon. I mean, even if he did, you know, he has he has like four more years on his contract, so I'm not worried about that. He just signed a max deal. Yeah. Same, same with Jalen Brown, so I'm not rookie, worried about these guys going unless they get traded. Rookie the, but the, maximum extension. Yeah, the, 2020 the only thing, for five years. The only thing that bothers me with that man is, um, in order for us to get over the hump and hit that wall. Or break through that wall, I should say. We need help in Boston. So unless we get those helps throughout trades, and hopefully with Brad, you know, former head coach, now president of operations, now that he's the GM, he knows exactly what we need to win because he was just right there on the court. He's seen it all. He's done it all. He's made all the packages. So unless he's able to pull off crazy trades and get us over that wall, the only other way we're going to be able to get over that is if we pick up people in free agency. And right now, Boston's not a fan favorite place to come to, not only because it's New England, they got the weather. You have all these other teams with cap space and, you know, and just beautiful markets. So, like, why would anybody want to come in the cold? Yeah, you have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. With all the negative energy on Boston right now, it's not a good place to come. Even before all the negative shit that was going on, people didn't want to play here. So do you think with Jason Tatum, with Katie endorsing him like that, do you think people would want to come play here in Boston, especially with the new GM? And now we're going to have a new head coach. We're basically in like a mini rebuild again. Absolutely. I mean, this is fucking titled down USA. Yeah. But when it comes to that, especially with basketball players, they don't care. And we them. talked about this last week about, you know, Kyrie with his fucking same racial undertones and all this false bullshit and stuff like that. The Celtics are a proud organization. You know, we, we're an up and coming team. I I feel in the next few years we'll be over that hump. I don't know what Brad's gonna do, but Brad, as he said, uh, it's eighteen or die. So I'm I'm excited to see what the future holds, and I can see people want to come in here and play. You know, Brad Stevens is young; he's like forty four years old, and he's in that every. I he's a he's a he's a favorite for a coach. So him being in that front front office position now i can see players want to come here i agree with you man but all right we'll we'll leave that for another day we're not going to worry about that right now we're going to move into the nba playoff picture i just got done watching the bucks nets game right before this ended i mean right before this began you know the the nets they haven't had james harden the whole series but somehow they're still winning the series they're up two to one uh, you have the Utah Jazz and the Clippers playing game two right now. The The score is currently 48-46 Utah with four minutes to go in the second half. And then you have the 76ers and the Hawks. They have split a series. Joel Embiid, even though he got hurt, he is playing. We're all excited about that. It's been a very entertaining series so far. I think it's my favorite matchup in the second round so far besides the Nets and the Bucks. Um, and then you have the Suns, who are up 2-0. Against the MVP Jokic led Nuggets, which point God, that is my favorite um series so far because I've been telling everybody that the Suns are gonna win, and everybody told me I was crazy because Jokic is the beast. But Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, who is my unsung hero of the playoffs, I, I keep telling people DeAndre Ayton's that guy. Go back, listen to past episodes. I keep saying DeAndre Ayton is that man. Him, Booker, and CP3, they are the new big three of the playoffs right now. And I think, I still think the Clippers are going to win the championship. I think they're going to turn it around and beat the Utah Jazz. But I do think they're going to play the Suns in, in the Western Conference Finals. 
and I'm excited about that matchup. What are your thoughts on the playoffs so far, man? All right, we're going to break this down game by game. Uh, the Nets and the Bucks, you know, like you said, the Nets are up 2-1. They haven't had James Harden. I got to say I'm shocked. Stephen A. Smith is coming out, and he is shitting on Giannis. You know, we all know Giannis can't shoot, but he's expected to defend. And it's absurd how KD has been crossing him up. Has well, been hold on, on Giannis him. isn't. When James Harden first, and I was telling you about this before, when James Harden and him had their little beef and they were going back and forth, James Harden said it best. Giannis is the guy who grabs the ball, drives it, and dunks it. He wasn't lying. And Giannis took a very high offense to that. When, when he won back-to-back MVPs, a lot of people didn't agree with it. I didn't agree with it. But for some reason, the media voted an MVP back-to-back years. Giannis is never going to win a championship. It's not going to happen. And, and this is his best chance, too. That's the sad part. And if he doesn't win this year, he's never going to. And we already know he's about to lose the series because the fact that James Harden hasn't even played a game and they almost just lost th- their, their game three, well, it, it's very embarrassing. My biggest shock is, so the Bucks had a close game against the Heat the first game in round one, and then they blew them out the last three games. In game two for the Nets, the Nets beat them 125 to 86 without Harden. Embarrassing. Without Harden. You know, Katie's been shitting. Fucking Kyrie's been on point. The Nets have just been hitting on all cylinders, and it's absolutely crazy. They're they're in peak form right now. They've had less turnovers. They're hitting fifty percent of their threes. They've dominating. So the crazy part is, uh, one of the main reasons why um, the Bucks haven't been able to compete, like you said, is Giannis can't shoot. And a huge part of their offense is Middleton, and Middleton went off in this game three. Um, he ended with 35 points, and nobody could stop him. KD couldn't stop him. Nobody could cover this, man. So as long as Middleton can continue to play like this, and he's he's one of the best people in the league, and you know he, uh, nobody gives him credit, man. He's kind of like Tobias Harris to me for the 76ers, you know? Yep. He, people say it's all Giannis, when in reality, you need Middleton to win those games. Just like the 76ers need Tobias Harris to win those games. Like, I don't know why people just don't talk about these guys, but uh, Middleton is one of the most clutch players in the league. I mean, I remember we, when we lost to them a couple of years ago, Middleton, nobody, could, nobody on the Celtics could stop him. The dude was hitting everything. So if he continues to play like this, I do think it will be a good series. But I do see the Nets winning this. Uh, it's six at the latest, easily. All right, moving on. We got the Hawks and the 76ers, right? So I was shocked. I was at work. I was watching the Hawks 76ers, and the Hawks were blowing them out. And then I, the 76ers I told you, almost man, came. John Collins. Well, that was the thing. The 76ers almost came back, and they won. Um, the biggest thing I've noticed in this, these uh, last couple of games is the 76ers only hitting like 60% of their free throws. Uh, Trey Young, 22-year-old beast, uh, one of the top talents on 25 in the NBA. He's averaging double doubles, but it's still not good enough. They lost. You know the little stat he just made? He made history the other day. He made history against the New York Knicks. I'll tell it to you if you don't know it. What do you got? What do you got? He was the first person since Michael Jordan to average over 35 points in away games and win a series since Michael Jordan. 
And that is fucking incredible because, like yeah, you just said, good. he's only 22 years old. Especially in Madison Square Garden, where all in the fans one of the are the hardest places nuts. to play in any arena around the world, whether it's football or basketball, hockey, where fi- where, where where fans are spitting on you. Where fans, mind he, you, he dropped over 35 points per game, and the only other person who did that—not LeBron, not Curry, not KD, mm-hmm. none of these guys. Michael Jordan was the last person to do it in 1993. Yeah. Fucking insane. Uh, only other thing I got on that series is Joel Embiid's been balling out. You know, he had 40 points the first game. He had 39 points the second game. Um, he's playing well, especially after getting hurt a little while back. Against I think Williams. he's mad, man. I think he's mad he didn't get the MVP. I mean, can you blame him? <laughs> I mean, right, before we move on to the rest of the teams that are in the playoffs, I, I want to ask your opinion, man. What are your thoughts on game seven? You know, the Dallas Mavericks, Luca, we've been hyping up Luca. He ended up losing the series after having the lead to Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. Now, a lot of people thought I was crazy when I said the Clippers were going to win that. What, what do you think, man? What are your thoughts? So I'm going to reiterate this again. When we first like did our predictions, when we had um, King Petty Crab, Johnny X Boston, et cetera, on the podcast, we, uh, my prediction was it was going to be the Nets against an L.A. team, whether it was the Lakers or the Clippers. And right now, uh, I'm still in the running because the Clippers are still in it. <laughs> that's such a cop-out answer. Any L.A. team. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty fair. You know, I was kind of disappointed. You know, Luca balled out. He was putting up fucking unreal numbers. We went over his stats last week. But in the end, you know, Kawhi did what Kawhi does. He fucking wins. Uh, Luca just, and this recently came out today too, was Porzingis wants out of Dallas. I mean, he, yeah, he hasn't been happy there for a while, man. He doesn't like being in the shadow of Luca. But yeah, um, he was a star player in New York, and then he got to Dallas, and he was second fiddle. Skin up. He doesn't um, want to play second. F- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I was shocked. I mean, I'm sure Luke is going to come back. Another kid that's only 22 years old, and we went over this stat um last time. So in 11 playoff games. It only took him four to hit 40-point games. He had four 40-point games out of 11, just like Michael Jordan did in the playoffs. So uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, Suns-Nuggets matchup going on? I'm, I'm shocked. You know, first game, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Bridges, and Aiton all had over 20 points. And then last night, the point guard, point guard had 17 points, 15 assists. You know, I'm glad, you know, Chris Paul is getting older as time that 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 window is closing on an NBA championship. We've talked about this on the podcast before. You've said this, that he doesn't have the accolades. Uh, he he needs more hardware and stuff. And um, 100 percent, 100 percent. as it's going as it's going right now, you know, I'm glad for him. They had that game. It was it was 122 to 105. I didn't check out last night's score for the game, but um. They've been dominating, and I hope that they can carry this through. I'll be glad if my prediction on the NBA Finals gets upset if Chris Paul makes it, if the Suns make it against the Mets. I'm just happy for that that little mini big three because, and I was telling my coworkers this, uh, I do think this, the Clippers are going to win, but if they lose to the Suns, I'm not going to be upset. One, because it's not my team. I don't care. I don't have any balls on the court right now. I'm just I'm just enjoying it as a fan. But watching 
DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul play together. And then they have Mikhail Bridges and a, a bunch of other guys over there. Cam Johnson, a UNC Tar Heel player. They they have a good team that I enjoy watching. If they Jay made Crowder. It to the finals, I would be so happy. Do you see a possibility of the Suns making it to the finals the way they're playing? It's funny, you know, because my coworker asked me this when I said I could see them making it to the finals. He's like, okay, do you think they can win it? And I said, yes. I I think because we all know the Brooklyn Nets are making it out of the East at this point. You know, yeah, of course. It's, it's no secret. We know the Big Brooklyn form. Nets are going. If if Giannis and the Bucks were playing better, and I could question that. But I can't question that now because they're getting destroyed without James Harden. And James Harden's going to be able to come back at some point. Yep. So we don't know. Who, who knows? We don't really know how bad it is. They don't really talk about it. If any team is to make it to the finals that can compete against them, obviously I think the Clippers will win because the Clippers were my pick to win. But if somehow the Phoenix Suns play the Brooklyn Nets, Chris Paul's locking up Kyrie Irving. People call him the point guard, right? But nobody yep. really talks about his defense, and he's one of the greatest defensive point guards of all time. So if Chris Paul locks up Kyrie Irving, obviously Kyrie's going to score because he's one of the best to do it. But Chris Paul is going to win that matchup. Who on who on Brooklyn is going to cover Devin Booker? Is KD going to cover him? No, it would be James Harden, but James Harden's hurt. Exactly. And then you have Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges is a great small forward with a crazy wingspan. He can cover KD. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he can shut down KD. I'm saying he can cover him. So he can cause him to miss a couple shots. KD's arguably the greatest scorer of all time. So like any, he's going to score on anybody. But I, I do think they have Bridges who can cover him. And then DeAndre Ayton, who's going to stop DeAndre Ayton in the paint? <laughs> Balake. <laughs> yeah, it's it, not happening. Blake, Blake Griffin's not going to stop him. DeAndre Jordan doesn't even play. He's not going to stop him. <laughs> Balake. Like the, the, the Brooklyn Nets don't have anybody that can cover DeAndre Ayton. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be seeing KD forced to cover Ayton which is going to leave Devin Booker wide open. Because even if James Harden is playing, he can't cover Devin Booker. Devin Booker is going to drop 40 on him. You know, so I don't know, man. So so this this goes into a different question. But um, Blake Griffin, you know, he's been throwing it down like he used to when he was on the L.A. Clippers. As the Detroit Pistons, are you pissed seeing this man fucking throw it down again and playing with heart? You know, no. he's diving for the ball. No. He's trying to rip it. Blake Griffin just had five points in this game tonight, man. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's like. So he's picking and choosing when he wants to play. And, and he's he's not the same player he was anymore. When he played with L.A. and when he got to when he got to Detroit, he had one good season with Detroit. And, and that wasn't even a good season. It was mediocre. Blake Griffin is not the same player. I'm not mad if I'm Detroit. I'm not upset anything. Yeah. But do you, do you see the effort there that – wasn't in Detroit that he now has in the playoffs with the Brooklyn. I mean, when he got traded to Detroit, you know, he wasn't really happy. You know, obviously somebody who was in LA gets traded to fucking motor city. What what, what the hell is in motor city? Eight mile. Oh, good shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, no, there's nothing to be happy about that. So and the fact that he got put on Brooklyn, obviously you have more excitement to play for a city that has some of the best fans in the world and you can actually leave the arena and go out and do stuff and have fun. Not saying that there's nothing fun to do in Detroit, but like, come on, man. Like yeah. one of the worst places you can end up in no disrespect to Detroit. One of the worst places you can end up besides fucking 
Phoenix, Arizona, or Cleveland, Ohio is definitely fucking Detroit. I guess Indiana. <laughs> like mm. these aren't places I would want to go. Oklahoma. I don't I don't want to go play for these markets. Sacramento. I guess Sacramento is still close enough to LA where you can enjoy it, you know? Yeah, you know, you're on the coast kind of. But all right, man, let's end that topic. Uh we're well, we're gonna stay in the realm but we're gonna move on to something else and i know it's something that i'm excited about we're gonna talk about top nba players under the age of 25 right now and there's only one player i'm gonna name that's older than 25 because he just turned 26 not too long ago and that's the mvp of the league Jokic. so we we all know it's cut the the end of the era of basketball we know is coming to an end and the future is here and, and we're seeing it right before our eyes with devin booker deandre ayton Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, all these guys. So Trey Young, there's so many to name. Can I get a top five under 25 from you? Can you give Oof. me a list? And once again, Jokic is not included because he's 26. We so know I got I I I have 17 names under 20. This is how how much talent is under 25. I have 17 names. Top five. So do you want to do top five right now or top five? At the end of their careers. Now, th- just right now, no, no speculation at the end of the careers because injuries can happen. So much can happen. So I don't want to speculate that. All right. I'm going to top go. five right now. Let me hear it. The, the, this isn't in order. This is just, just, just five. Uh, I'll go Luca, Jason Tatum, Booker, John ja Morant, Trey Young. Okay. And the only reason I didn't put LaMelo Ball in that conversation is because he's only got one year in the league. So there's only one person I'm going to take off your list. And and it hurts me to say this because I, lo- I love John Morant. John Morant's one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA. Yep. And I was so happy he won rookie over the year over Zion because I didn't think Zion deserved to even be in the conversation because John Morant is just so incredible. I think he's one of the best point guards, and I'm so excited to watch him play and grow. I know who you're going to say. Who am I going to say? Let me hear because you're probably not going to get it. Donovan Mitchell. Nope. I'm not even a Spider fan. Not even, I respect the hell of his talent. The fact that he was able to get the number one seed with the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell is one hell of a player. And I he still had think 45 was, points the other day. Not taking that away from him, man. Not taking that away from him at all. What he what he does is incredible. Once again, how helping his team become the number one seed in the West. That's that's incredible. Getting snubbed at the All-Star game, being the last person picked, disrespectful as fuck. You know, Donovan Mitchell, he's a great player in the league. but He's he's in the top 10, but he's not in my top five. And it's kind of hard because I want to put Ben Simmons in the top five, but I can't put Ben Simmons in there because he can't shoot. He's one of the 17 on my list. He's one of the best defenders in the league, hands down. He was a defensive player of the year candidate, but I, I can't give it to him. The person I have to name, I have to say, DeAndre Ayton. I've said his he's, name he's many times. I've said his name many times. Yep. And if you look at the stats he's putting up, he's putting up historical numbers and nobody's talking about him. He's having such a quiet year. You know who he reminds me of because it's so quiet? Tim Duncan. And I'm not saying they play the same because they don't play the same at all. But just the fact that his quiet demeanor, like nobody knew the Suns were as good as they were. Nobody saw this coming. You added Chris Paul to the team, and then they just took off. But you can't do that unless you have the right pieces. Devin Booker, who else was in your top five? And then you have DeAndre Ayton. To me, you have two of the best young players 
up and coming going. Now, the only reason why I'm putting DeAndre Ayton there over the other guy I would have named, which is Jalen Brown, because Jalen Brown is so inconsistent to where DeAndre Ayton is consistent every night. So I got 17 names here, and I'm sure I'm missing like – I'm positive I'm missing two or three, but I'm just going to go down my list. Um, this is the list where I got my top five that were handpicked by me, you know. Uh, Luca, Ben Simmons, Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Cat, Booker, Zion, Wanzo, Aiton, Collins, Lamelo Ball, John Morant, Sabonis, Ingram, Trey Young, Jalen Brown, Bam. Bam, Bam's another one, man. Bam's another one of my favorite players. To, I was just talking about him earlier where, like, I don't think Miami should trade him, but in order to get a star on their team, they're going to have to give up somebody like him or Butler, and you're not going to give up Jimmy Butler. Bam's in my top 10 as well. Uh, and the future is here, man. Like we just said, even like, even when we talked about like we, everybody always brings up the, the O three draft class and like how we wouldn't have, you know, young stars like we did before. And you're right. For the longest time, you know, we had a, a declining Tracy McGrady, Allen Iverson, Chauncey Billups, all those guys. And we only had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony. And then eventually we got KD, Steph Curry, all these other guys, Kyrie. But these guys have been in the years, the league for years now. So now that we have all these other young guys, you know, I, we can easily say that the NBA is is here to stay. And even when LeBron James leaves, or when Steph Curry leaves, KD leaves, you know, we we have all the talent in the world to watch. So I'm very excited about the NBA. Because it's like, I, I don't feel that comfortable, like, you know, with the NFL, just to use them for an example, before we get off topic. But like, when Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson retires, yeah, we'll have Pat Mahomes, but like, who else are we gonna have, dude? Yeah, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you have Lamar Jackson, but like, pretty soon, I don't think he's gonna be the starter of Baltimore. He, he's like, he's like a Colin Kaepernick. You know, Colin Kaepernick was great his first year, and then as soon as you got tape on him, you yeah, he went away. He sucked. Yeah, yeah, and. And I'll say it to this day, man. Colin Kaepernick should have never started in that Super Bowl. If they had Alex Smith, they would have won. That I'm gonna end that right there. And I hope Project we have 11. about that. But all right, getting back on topic, man. Uh, we're gonna change the subject. Like we said, the future is bright in the NBA, and I'm excited. But uh, I'm more excited to talk about this next topic right now. Um, Sunday night, we had Mayweather versus Paul. Very fucking embarrassing. I watched the fight. I enjoyed it um, just because I was happy to see Mayweather can still move around. I was happy to see him throwing power punches. But what are your thoughts on this fight, man? What did you get from this? Oh, I watched this this fight in between work and leaving work. I bought it on the Famio app for 50 bucks because Chad Johnson was also on the card against a bare knuckle boxer. And he got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> he did. He took a right hand that was... uh pretty funny but you know he got up you know there was no winners no losers it was all a tie uh mayweather landed majority of the punches the biggest thing in eight rounds there was only 73 combined punches between the both of them which was uh, pathetic there was a lot of hugging a lot of slow dancing a lot of uh whispering in each other's ears holding each other up uh one of the controversies that's come out is um Mayweather fucking socked Paul with, I think it was a right hand. And then he and held him up. That's what it looks like from the video. But yeah. 
Which is and Paul is quoted saying anybody who believes that is what happened can, can go fuck themselves. So it, it's pretty funny. Man. <laughs> so Mayweather during Wayne's Mayweather weighed 155 pounds and Logan Paul weighed 189 and a half. Um, Throw out the size clear, difference for everybody who doesn't know. Yeah, cl- clear size difference. You know, Logan Paul's like 6'2", Mayweather's 5'8". Um, the biggest thing I took away from this fight is Mayweather didn't win. And the reason he didn't win is because he didn't knock this dude out. And Mayweather has never been known for his knockout power. You've never been known for that. his knockout power. You, yes, you absolutely. Logan Paul has a moral victory because he stood with a 44-year-old Money Mayweather for eight rounds. No, the only victory Paul got out of this fight was that paycheck. He only he only made twenty million. Meanwhile, Mayweather only made twenty million. Well, this this only is twenty million. Meanwhile, Mayweather won one hundred and five million. Yeah, you know, because the sponsorships, man, and it was so, also him promoting the fight. So of course, Mayweather's gonna walk away with all that money. He he put on a side a sideshow. He even said this is gonna be his last exhibition match. He's not gonna do it anymore. I think it's because he knew people were tired of the bullshit. That was his last chance to get the money out of the people. Nobody's going to watch that shit, especially since so, we know Manny's about to get back in the ring and fight the number one undisputed boxer. People can't take Floyd serious anymore, especially when you have UFC fighters coming out saying, what do I have to do to get that money? You know, it's disrespectful as fuck. After seeing this, Mayweather clearly showed his age. He looked slower. He didn't look as in shape. You know, I don't know how well he trained for this fight. Everybody said he trained harder than he did when he fought McGregor and no. when he fought which I don't believe either, but no, no, no. Dude said he trained. The biggest, the craziest stat from this fight is that 20 per, 20% of people on the Showtime boxing poll on Twitter say Logan Paul won. Um, all people that scored the whole card scored it 79 to uh, 73, giving Logan Paul the second round. Because as we know, Mayweather is a de- May- Mayweather is a defensive fighter, right? So for the first couple rounds, he was bobbing, he was weaving, you know, he was making Logan miss, he was feeling him out, he was studying the data, getting ready to fucking beat the shit out of him. So Logan landed more shots in that round, and that's why he was given that round. No. no. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. Mayweather not only outpunched him. He, he hit him with more power shots, and he countered way more shots. Mayweather beat him across the board on the scorecard. And for anybody who watched that and thought Logan won, if you want to give him the win like my cousin here who just said moral victory, I understand. You know, the fact that he got to stand all eight rounds, three minutes at that against Mayweather, even though he is being held up. I don't care what you said. He was being held up. We all know it. It cool you stood in the ring with a 44 year old man <laughs> like, doesn't I don't matter he's a pro boxer one of the best I, to ever do it undefeated once again it wasn't a professional boxing match it wasn't sanctioned by the boxing committee it, it was an exhibition match it's basically a celebrity boxing it, match i don't want to hear that bullshit it was the defeated against the undefeated yeah exactly and if there were scorecards and there was judges mayweather would have won the fight unanimously we all know it once again this was all for money it was a publicity stunt, and I, I respect both of them for getting to the bag. I can't hate on you getting that money. If I could get in the ring with Mayweather and win $20 million, I'll do it fucking once a year. 
It's every six months. I don't care. Just let me know where to go. I'll, I'll be there. But so, what, what are your thoughts on this, man? Like, do you do you think Mayweather tries to fight somebody else again? Or do you take him at his word that he's done? He's got to be done. You know, like I said, he's 44. His age actually really showed. You know, he looked slower. He didn't look as in good shape. And, you know, that's just the age. You know, nothing against him. You know, still looks like great physique and everything. He's just older. Um, the biggest takeaway from this fight is I bought the fight on Famio the app who supposedly they sponsored the fight. Um, a lot of people bought it on Showtime. The Showtime servers couldn't handle the amount of pay-per-view buys. So a lot of people, Which is incredible for the servers crashed. The only reason, you know, Mayweather won the fight overall, but in my mind he lost because he let a YouTuber fucking stand with him for eight rounds, didn't knock him down once, um, whether he held him up, held him up or didn't, you know, it's it's embarrassing. I get there's a size difference, but you're supposed to be the greatest pound for pound fighter of all time. 50 and 0, 84 and 8 amateur record. You're a bronze gold you're a bronze medalist in the Olympics. It's just it's a it's a it's a loss for you and it's a moral victory for Wilden Paul. I agree with you, man. All right, jumping into the next topic, man. We got Julio Jones. The trade finally went through. So the Tennessee Titans, you know, they gave up a 2022 second round pick, a 2023 fourth rounder, and they also received a 2023 sixth rounder in return for Julio Jones. What are your thoughts on this trade, man? How are you feeling about Tennessee Titans right now? Definitely not a fan. Fucking bullshit, you know. I mean, we all know Bill could have made that trade to bring up to New England. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure it'll come out down the line. What what happened with the Patriots? What happened with other teams? Why the Falcons accepted the Titans' uh, trade? I feel like the Titans got fucking Julio for an absolute steal. You know, a second and a fourth round pick. It's it's disgraceful. You know, Julio's a future Hall of Famer. He had a he still had almost 800 yards receiving last year, and before that, he was a guaranteed over a thousand yard receiver for oh 100 percent always whole- the top. Top three Absolutely. conversation for receivers. You know, the Titans, they're dangerous now. You know, they have A.J. Brown and they have Julio. They have King Henry. They had that. They they still have that offensive line that gave that led the way for King Henry to have over 2000 yards rushing. And um, they're a little weak at t- tight end, especially after losing Smith, who came to the Patriots. But I think they'll do good. You know. I fucking hope the Patriots beat them. Um, I'm a little bitter. I wish the Patriots got more aggressive, but I also saw, which came out was the Patriots are trying to pursue OBJ, that they didn't want Julio, that they want OBJ. So it's a possibility that the Patriots trade for a big name wide receiver in the next couple of weeks, but. I'm glad for Julio. You know, he's actually with a team that can contend, a team that's not going to choke. I saw a video of him doing a couple drills and stuff, and he looked good. He looked big. For a second, I thought he was fucking Derrick Henry because he's so massive. But um, I feel like he's got a few more years of good play in him. And he's definitely – I was I actually – one of the biggest things I was shocked about was A.J. Brown offered him number 11, and he turned it down. And he will now be wearing number two. 
moving forward. Well, I think part of the reason why uh, he turned it down is because, you know, he has respect for him. Mm-hmm. It is very weird going to see Julio wearing number two jer- jersey, but that's going to be dope. Yeah. Um, I'm personally a huge A.J. Brown fan. I brought it up on p- past episodes. I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the league um, and a huge reason why they were able to let go of their other guy. Um, they didn't care. And they were willing to move forward with him as their sole target because it doesn't matter who's covering that guy. He's he's going to get open. He's going to score. Yeah, um, he, He's an amazing talent. And with Julio Jones going there, I will say that A.J. Brown will be one of my top wide receiver targets because Julio commands a double team every fucking time. A.J. Brown's going to command a double team, and they can't do it to both of them. So, well, even their slot receiver. What did you say? Receiver, the slot receiver they got, the kid Reynolds. He's not bad either. He's not. So Tennessee's offense, you know, they're, they're really good. But I don't think, you know, this trade, it definitely helps out their offense. But I still don't think, yeah, they'll be a playoff team. But they, they don't scare me as a, a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. So um, it doesn't put them over the hump. They need to make more moves. But their I, defense I am def- entertaining. It's very Their defense got weaker. Yeah, it did. I will say this on the Patriots. Um, like I was saying, they've had – a great off season. They had a great draft. So, I mean, I, as a past fan, I can't be too disappointed. I feel like this year is going to be a lot better than last. So. Yeah. I'm excited for the future, but I'm also excited for uh, week one of NFL. And uh, another wide receiver was asked about this because the Titans actually go up against the Arizona Cardinals in week one. So we're going to get to see Deandre Hopkins against Julio Jones. And they asked Deandre Hopkins, another man who was recently traded for almost nothing. If you think about it, it's a joke what they traded for. Asked what pe- people thought about, you know, what number one wide receivers are going for. And he thought it was very disrespectful. You know, he thought it was kind of funny that people refused to give up a number one pick for a number one wide receiver because we all know uh, these number one draft picks, they don't always pan out. So it's very funny how people are very hesitant to give up draft picks when you can get a guaranteed sure thing right away. Um, unless you're talking about, you know, and he did give respect to, you know, talking about Justin Jeffries, you know, the number one pick for the, the Minnesota Timber, uh, not Timber, it was the Minnesota Vikings last year. That guy balled out, you know, there's, there's certain guys that are just going to fucking kill it. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, man? I mean, yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. I feel like teams are always hesitant. You know, they'd rather have a draft pick where they can draft somebody, interview them, get their sort of sense where they're at mentally, where their smarts are at. And um, because they haven't been in the league, they can mold them into what they want to be. You know, I see what DeAndre is saying, but I feel like teams and coaches and scouts always feel like somebody that hasn't proved themselves that they can mold is a better choice than somebody that's already in the league and has already made a name for themselves. Yeah. I got to side with DeAndre on this one, man. I, I feel like if I can get the sure thing guaranteed, you know, you got to remember when uh, Bill was able to trade for Randy Moss, you know, everybody thought Randy wasn't that guy anymore. But Randy went there and was able to show people he's still that guy. I think Julio is going to be able to do that in Tennessee. And I think that I think the, the Falcons fucked up letting him go. All right. So my yeah. top five wide receiver duos in the NFL right now. No specific order. I'm just going to name the teams. You have the Tennessee Titans. With Julio and AJ Brown. You have the Minnesota Vikings with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Seattle Seahawks 
with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, the Cleveland Browns with OBJ and Jarvis Landry, and then the defending Super Bowl world champions with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I don't think there's a better duo than those five right there. But what do you have? Let me hear it. So I got C.D. Lamb, Cooper. I want to mute the, you right now. This is just blasphemy. I, I don't the, even know what, how you're saying what, these guys. What's the Cowboys? Right what's the Cowboys? Right. Then I have the Rams, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. They just got Matthew Stafford, better QB than Jared Goff, fucking pass offense, etc. I have the Bucks with Godwin and Evans, like you. I have the Vikings with Beelan and Jefferson, like you. And then I have Lockett and DK with Seahawks, like you. So we disagree. You have the Browns and the Titans, and I have the Cowboys and the Rams. The fact, and this blows my mind. So even if, you know, the Cowboys got Dak back, right? I understand they're going to be a great offense this year. I'm not, I'm not going to discredit that because when Dak plays, he, he's always in the MVP conversation. And that's incredible. But how are you going to discredit the number one offense last year with the Browns? I understand OBJ is coming back from injury, but how are you going to discredit that? They had one good year. But you don't even think they're going to be top five. They're not that consistent. They had one good year. OBJ is a fucking diva. Jarvis Landry is the heart and soul of that shit. But OBJ is a diva. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not. But I'm also not saying... And we don't even know if OBJ is the same player anymore. You know, we haven't really seen him do anything the last couple of years. But... To, to, to think that they're not even going to be a top five wide receiver definitely not, duo? Definitely not. Definitely not. I can't wait for football to kick off. Definitely not. We have some great arguments. And the only year. reason I don't have – see, Ryan Tannehill has been a top three quarterback since he's been with the Titans, right? Uh, the only reason I don't have them in my top five is it's Julio's first year in the Titans system, you know. that That's the beautiful part about it, man. He's going to have right. the simplest routes in right. his career. And he can catch the ball over anybody, especially in that yes. division, man. Who who so, can cover Julio in that division? Please tell me. Please tell me. The fucking, toughest defense, he, the exactly the toughest defense he's going to have to play is against the Indianapolis Colts, and yeah. nobody on that team is going to be able to cover him. The fucking the Jaguars updated their secondary. I don't got exact. I don't, on, listen, th- this was a topic Come we did on. not fucking prepare Come for, so I don't have exact terms and details for this. But Jaguars <laughs> did some shit with their secondary. You're um, right. I apologize for throwing that at you. You weren't prepared for it. We'll get to that another day. But I will say this: you know, last year the Titans had uh, Smith, who is now with the Patriots. So their tight end this year is trash. You're taking away a spot where secondary linebacker core has to look for. You just have those two wide receivers and Derrick Henry. And that's all they need. Yeah, I get that. But that's like, all they need. AJ Brown had Corey Davis and then he had Smith, right? So you're either looking for Corey Davis or AJ Smith. And then you had Jono Smith. You don't have that anymore. You don't have Corey Davis. You don't have Jono Smith. You don't have a tight end this year. So the Titans, we'll, we'll go over it. Yeah, we have to end the topic. We spent way too much time talking about this, but during the season, I, I, I'm excited to talk about it. We'll 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 get off on this topic pretty soon when fantasy kicks off. And for everybody out there who's listening right now, we're still listening and paying attention to what's going on. 
Once again, Angry Fans will be a top fantasy show for you to get all your picks. We will help you win your championship. And we will be having a crazy Angry Fans Fantasy Football League. And I am so happy to not only show you guys the belt, but win the belt because it ain't no competition. Especially with this man talking about Cooper Cup. Get the fuck out of here. True. <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to move on to the next topic. Um, this one's kind of a little messed up, um, but I'm excited to talk about it. We have Cameron Kinley, who will not be able to play because the Navy won't let him. Uh, Bobby being a military man himself, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this because I understand why they won't let him play. I understand why he wants to play. So let me hear your perspective on this and what do you think about what's going on? All right. So for everybody that doesn't know on the podcast, I was in the Marine Corps from 2011 to 2015. I signed my papers my senior year of high school and did four years right afterwards. During my inactive time from November 2015 to 2019, I was called back in 2018 to muster where they tried to get me to sign up for more time, um, sign with the reserves and do some more stuff. But I turned that down. Uh, my whole opinion on this, uh, Cameron Kenley was a two-star recruit out of Memphis, Tennessee. You signed the dotted line. You know, it sucks. You have a different administration. There have been exemptions in the past, but there are also star players through the NBA and the NFL that had to go do their tours of duty. And then they were able to come back. Um, especially David, the Admiral Robinson, number one pick 1987 Spurs. Everybody knows him. He had to go to two years. Roger Starbuck, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, 1963 Heisman Trophy winner, had to wait five years, and he still won two Super Bowls and made the Hall of Fame in 1985. A couple other dudes over the time. This dude came out and said, you know, this is my childhood dream. You know, he wanted to be in the military and he wanted to play football, right? But knowing that signing that dotted line that you're on the hook, you know, you're giving yourself to the government. It's your obligation to fulfill that contract that you signed your life and your soul for. You know, this kid was offered 15 scholarships coming out of high school, right? Exempt from the Navy, the Air Force, the Army. He has scholarships from Brown, Columbia, Cornell, Dartmouth, Harvard, Moorhead State, Pennsylvania, Princeton, Southeast Missouri State, Stetson, Tennessee, Martin, and Yale. So the kid's clearly smart. He could have played at Ivy League schools and stuff like that. You know, there's big name Ivy League players out there like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who played at Harvard, the fucking beard. If this kid really wanted to pursue his NFL career, he should have gone to a different school. He shouldn't have signed his name to uh, on the dotted line. The guy that made the decision. So basically 2019, they had a policy directive that allows graduates pursuing a career in pro sports to delay their commission if approved by the defense secretary due to the fact that there is a new administration in office. We're not going to get into politics. It's a different secretary. So the acting secretary of the Navy is Thomas W. Harker. He denied his request and won't permit him to appeal the decision. You signed the dotted line and now you were expected to fulfill that contract. If you didn't want to do it, you shouldn't have signed. So I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm a big believer in contracts. And if you sign something, you should abide by that. That's just how it goes. You should be a man of your word. Now, with that being said, I do think there should be some leeway in certain situations. 
Now, with this guy just being a college graduate, you know, not only did he play for Navy, he was the captain of the team and he was the president of his class. Correct. You just named off all the different schools that were interested in him. We know he's a very intelligent man. We know he's a prideful man because he wanted to not only fulfill his dream of being in the military, but also play professional sports. And you also just said it yourself. With approval, he may delay his commission. Keyword delay. He's not trying to abandon the Navy. He's not trying to go AWOL. He just asked if he could delay it so he could play a season with the Buccaneers. I think it's unfortunate. And I'm a little upset by it because if somebody is good enough, because we all know how hard it is to make it professional sports. We all know how hard it is to make that final roster. And the fact that he has an opportunity to play with the defending Super Bowl champions, and I do believe the Buccaneers are about to win another Super Bowl. The fact that he can miss out on that Super Bowl ring, even if he's not a huge part of the team, even if he's special teams, that's an amazing opportunity. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, especially to say you got to play with Tom Brady. I, I just think it's unfortunate. and That's all I'm going to say. I think it's unfortunate that they won't give this man the chance to play. Um, once again, I do agree with you. He signed the line. So if they deny him, there's nothing you can do. And he even made a comment saying, you know, he's going through the emotions, but he understands. So he's not too beat up about it, but he, it is very unfortunate. So for everybody that doesn't know, um, Mr. Kinley, he used examples of last year. He's like, oh, A, B, and C were able, you know, there's a dude from the Dolphins were able to, you know, delay their commission and go play pro sports, et cetera. Like I was saying, we're not going to get into politics, but it was a different administration and it was a different acting secretary of the Navy that signed off on that due to the fact that it's a new administration, it's a different guy. So it's not like somebody, the same person is cutting him the short, the short stick. It's a different guy that has not signed off on it. Uh, and once again, it's unfortunate that he won't sign off on it. Uh, I do think it is fucked up, but it is what it is. And uh, I respect the man for serving our country. Uh, and we'll end on that one. I want to move on to the next topic. Now, this is funny. Now the roles are kind of reversed because I agreed with Kinley wanting to play. You agreed that he shouldn't have played because once again, he signed the dotted line. Now we have somebody by the name of Jawan James who was injured in the offseason from working out away from the facility. And because of that, he was cut. And his job and future in the league was put at jeopardy because when he was cut, he lost all of his money. Now, me and you have talked about this before. You signed the contract. And on that contract, as it says, you should not practice away from the facility. If you want to practice, you need to be on the premises in the building. So because he got hurt and then cut, he thought it was unfair. And now he's filing a $15 million lawsuit. In the time since, he has been picked up by another team. So Things are looking better for him. But before I keep going, Bobby, let me know. What are your thoughts on this? What's going on in your head? All right. Real quick to the fans. Anybody that doesn't know Jawan James, um, like you said, filed a grievance. Uh, he filed a $15 million grievance against the Broncos. I'm going to go over who he signed with, what happened, etc. So he got signed by the Ravens this past week. He sustained a season-ending ending Achilles injury and a workout offsite away from the team facility last month, which fucked this whole thing up. Had 10 million guaranteed this year, but because his injury took place away from the team facility, the Broncos don't have to pay it and they release him. 
we talked about this weeks ago and we sided differently, me and Afro Samurai. Only 29 years old, the Ravens signed him to a two-year deal. Head coach Sean Harbaugh said it's possible he could return in November or December. James has made 65 starts at right tackle in six seasons, but he has struggled to remain healthy. He only played three games in 2019 because of his issues with his left knee, opted not to play in 2020 because of the pandemic, and then tore his Achilles two months ago. According to sources, James will make 500000 guaranteed this season and can earn 500000 roster bonus, $2.5 million base salary, and an additional $5 million in incentive, incentives in 2022. It's a tough set of circumstances for him, Harbaugh said. But from what I understand, he's very determined to get himself healthy and get back at playing at the highest level. So when we talked about this, we argued because, like you said, he, he signed, signed, the the dotted dotted line. Line, signed the dotted line. He worked out off a team facility and stuff like that and got hurt. My whole argument towards that was, you know, say this dude's from North Carolina, right? He's playing, And this is just a hypothetical. Say he's playing with the Broncos. He went home. Go home, see mama you know, play football with his old buddies, do whatever he's got to do, you know, take care of his family, et cetera, and get start working out. It, it's absurd that in these situations we just talked about with McKinley and this are completely different, different contracts, different life circumstances. Um, At the end of the day, it's still a contract. It, it's, it's absurd. We're still talking about the contract. Though. It's absurd. So like, say like, it's, it's not absurd it, though. It, it, and we're going to, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to spider web real quick. Right. So Tom Brady, right. He took players for OTAs to the Yankee Spring Training facility, and he was he was running running plays, running yeah, yeah, routes, we talked et cetera. About it on the last show. They say somebody got hurt there. Are the Buccaneers not going to cover that player? Different teams, different rules. Bullshit. It's it's absurd. That's different off-site. teams, That's different off-site. rules. Offsite, offsite. So even even during the pandemic season, Brady was working out with his players on high school football fields because Bruce Arians. And the coaching team, they all said it is okay. They gave them that permission. This player, Jawan James, did not have the permission. And like you said, you just said it earlier. Let's backtrack. You just said he was hurt in 2019. Then he sat out in 2020. Then he chose himself to work out away from the facility. When he had the open opportunity to come to the facility, he chose not to and worked out and got hurt. He went home to go visit mama. I don't give a fuck if he was visiting grandma <laughs> on her deathbed. No disrespect. But it, it, it's bullshit. Like you signed you, a contract. It, all right. So do you want this dude to turn in? You chose not right. to play throughout 2020. You chose to stay home. Because all right, all right, you chose right. to stay home. You got hurt on your own free will. You did it to yourself. All right. Well, check this out, right? So is this man supposed to turn into fucking Jamarcus Russell or Eddie Lacy? You know, get fat during the offseason. Not even be able to fucking perform. It's not about that. Job. It's about being smart. And so, he got hurt because of the way he was working out. If like I said, had, hold on a second. One of the reasons why Brady works out with players away from the facility, he has trained professionals with him at all points of times. He has his own personal trainers and he hooks his teammates up with those personal trainers. Brady works out smart. So when you brought up Brady, you got you to gotta look at everything. This dude did it all on his own. He didn't have anybody there with him to help him. So, with saying that, the Denver Broncos did the right thing. I respect their decision, and I I don't think they should have to pay that man anything. And we all know, because he signed the contract, he's not going to get that $15 million grievance. He's going to get nothing. He did it on his own. So, the only thing with that is, 
when this whole thing happened, there were a lot of players, including Patrick Mahomes, that came out, and there was a lot of analysts too, that came out and supported this dude, a lot of tweets saying it's bullshit. Like, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to train in the off season? Like, and we're just going to, so this is going to. Your facility is wide open, bro. All right. So weather. Yeah. But like all these play, like this dude's not from Denver. Like he's from somewhere else. So the only good that has come out of this, right? So this dude has now signed a new contract. He's got a new team. He's got a few more years ahead of him. But the best part about this is the NFL Players Association, their, their sort of union. This has never happened before where, you know, someone's got hurt off site and there's been a grievance and et cetera towards it. So like we talked about with like mental health last week and all this other stuff, this now opens up talks for offsite workouts and et cetera, where the NFL and the NFL PA will now have conversations and see where that goes. Whether he gets the grievance or not, whether he gets that money or not, it protects players in the future from this happening. Yeah, yeah, this will be a win-win for players in the future. And I agree with people showing support for him. I do agree that people should be able to work out away from home, but that is not what's in question right now. The question, What's in question is whether or not he signed that agreement saying that he will not work, work out away from the facility. And because he agreed to that and he got hurt on his own free will, he put himself in that liability. That's like saying you're a millionaire and you marry fucking some chick named Marianne that you met at Walmart last Tuesday. And then she divorces your ass and she walks away with, her, with half. And you're like, why? What do you mean? Why? You didn't sign a prenup, you <laughs> dumbass. Hey, come on. I, and, and it just comes down to common sense at the end of the day. So I do think it's unfortunate. It's fucked up. Both situations, you know, him and McKinley. You know, it, it sucks, but, you know, you sign those contracts and you made agreements and there's you can't go back. You have to be a man of your word. So for him to fuck around, I understand he was doing it for a good reason. It's not like he was doing something stupid like skydiving or fucking jumping off a cliff to go swimming or something. He was working out trying to get in better shape for the season. I understand that. But when you got hurt and you fucked up, you can't point the finger back at the team and say, what do you mean? Why won't you pay me? Well, I'm uh, I lost ten million dollars. So, if it was worth it to you, you would have went to the facility and you would have got a hotel outside. Or I'm pretty sure there's there's rooms at the arena as well. So we're gonna agree to disagree on no, this no, no. topic, but no, due no. to the what I said on our last subject on McKinley or Kinley, whatever his name is, yeah, yeah. Mister Fucking Double Dream, I will. Uh, Subtly agree with you on your opinion. What do you mean? You you agree now with about that one? I'm gonna agree with you because the the other topic is more near and dear to my heart about signing the dotted line. So I will agree with you on this topic. You sign the contract, you're right. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, man. Last topic of the day. One that has been tearing up the news waves, especially in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers. Not showing up to minicam, not showing up to OTAs. You know, basically a man sticking to his word. He's holding his guns. And now he has teammates coming out defending him. Devontae Adams quoting saying, I will stand on a fucking mountain for Aaron Rodgers. And I respect the shit out of that. What are your thoughts on what's going on in Green Bay? Uh, Do you have anything to add to what's happening? Like we said last week, I, I just feel bad for this kid Jordan Love. You know, first round draft pick 2020 out of Utah State, high, highly high prospect. 
Yeah, he's got a city that doesn't want to work with him. He's got teammates that don't want to work with him. We went into how he had a makeshift crew during fucking OTAs. And the only good thing that's come out of it for him is with Aaron Rodgers not showing up to the mandatory minicamp, he's had valuable reps. And he's come out and said that these are valuable reps and he'll be ready to be he'll he'll be a hundred hundred percent to be the starter on day one if he has to be. He's taking it day by day. The only unfortunate part about that is he's had receivers skip camp. Yeah. So even though he's getting those first team reps, he's not getting that first team work. So it's kind of unfortunate. So yeah, he's going to have all, he's going to be prepared, but he's not going to have that chemistry with his teammates. And we went over that last week. Yep. So So what do you think happens next? So my biggest thing is what I respect about, I mean, I don't know if I'd be able to handle it like this kid Jordan Love. If I had a city, teammates, et cetera, not want me to be there, and I got fucking picked into a situation, I don't know if I'd be able to keep my cool and not fucking lash out. So uh, one of the biggest things I respect about this kid is he has not come out and talked badly about Aaron Rodgers during this whole situation, even though Aaron Rodgers is the reason for all his problems. Because people are freaking out because he might be the next quarterback and Aaron Rodgers might not be there. Um, Aaron Rodgers is under contract through the 2023 season. If I was the Packers, you got to get rid of this dude. You got to get You got to get rid of him, and you got to get something in return. Get a defensive player. Get get one of your team needs. Um, fucking fuck it. Get another draft pick or something. But just get rid of him. You got to get rid of the cancer. Aaron Rodgers has now become a cancer in this situation, and we've gone over it. Um, I brought it up last week. The biggest Packers quarterbacks, right? You've had Bart Starr, you had Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. Bart Starr and Brett Favre only played 16 seasons with the Green Bay Packers, and then they were out of there. Aaron Rodgers had his 16th season last year. So third time's a charm. I believe he'll be out of there too. There's a couple teams that need quarterbacks. You know, I have more than enough faith in this kid, Jordan Love. I'm not even a fucking Packers fan, but I have enough faith in Jordan Love (laughs) to succeed. Because of his attitude and how he's handled himself through this whole thing. I wish nothing but the best for him. And I just, if I was the Packers, fucking get rid of this dude. Unless like, not by not getting rid of him, you're just showing that you have no faith in your first round pick. Who already sat behind Aaron Rodgers for a whole year and learned from him. We talk about Mac Jones MVP now. MVP season, mind you. At yes. That. And we talk about Mac Jones sitting behind, holding the clipboard, learning from fucking Jarrett Stidham and Cam Newton. And it, I'd be fine with Mac Jones starting next year. You know, I'd be fine with him sitting for a year. First round pick. So by you guys, by the Packers organization, not getting rid of Aaron Rodgers after he's caused all this, you're only showing that you have no confidence in Jordan Love. Just get rid of him. Either send him to fucking Jeopardy or send him to a different conference or even within the division, just get rid of them. So it's not easy. And I hear what you're saying. And I think this is where the owner came out and said that Aaron Rodgers is dividing the fans because half of the fans agree with what you're saying right now. And the other half of the fans are saying, do everything you can 
fire this GM and get Aaron Rodgers back. So it, it's it's fucked up situation because you have the reigning MVP who refuses to come back to a team, but then you have an owner backing the GM who Aaron Rodgers does not get along with. And then you have your star wide receiver and other players saying, Aaron Rodgers is my guy. I'm, I'm standing with him. So now you're conveying, uh, you're creating a divide, not only with the fans, but also the team. And once again, much respect to Jordan Love and what he's doing right now, going through all this. I can only imagine what he's going through mentally because half the fans are going to be happy to see him starting on day one, if that's what's going to happen. And half of the other fans are going to be booing, throwing a shit show and just freaking out. And uh, that dude's going to have to play through all that. And, you know, it's funny you say the whole 16 year thing. I remember when Brett Favre wanted out of Green Bay and was unhappy about the Aaron Rodgers pick. And people were having the same conversations then. Should you get rid of Aaron Rodgers or should you keep Brett Favre? Should you get rid of the GM and the head coach or should you keep Brett Favre? And then Brett Favre ended up leaving. I, I agree with you. I think Aaron Rodgers leaves and I think he should be traded. So, Real quick, Aaron Rodgers was drafted in 2005, and he was one of the highly, highly uh, high prospects of the draft and stuff. Uh, it was him and Alex Smith. Alex Smith was taken by the 49ers, and Aaron Rodgers, like some quarterbacks do, dropped all the way to, the, I think, the 24th pick where the Packers drafted him. The funniest thing, it's kind of ironic, is Jordan Love dropped in the first round. And last year, I think he was drafted 24th overall also. That's awesome. So, so it's kind of like ironic how this has all come together. It's so do like, you think Jordan Love is the next Aaron Rodgers? Is that what I'm hearing? I, I'm, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to comment on that because we haven't seen this kid play yet. And he played at a small college. He played at Utah State. But um, how he's carried himself, I fucking – I really hope this kid does good. You know, he's kept himself – out of the fucking, out of the bullshit as much as possible. So I, I really hope he succeeds. I really hope he does good. I usually don't hope for, you know, a lot of opposing teams' quarterbacks to do good. I really don't like, I'm not like, yeah, oh, I, mean, I hope. This is a shitty situation from the outside. I hope this man, quarterback you just wish him good. nothing but the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually not like, oh, I hope this quarterback does good and this quarterback does good and this quarterback does good. No, like, I'm, I'm usually like, fucking Patriots to fuck the rest of them. But I really hope Jordan Love succeeds and grows out of the shadow of Aaron Rodgers. And All right, last question before I end the show. Gotcha. Fantasy football question. If Jordan Love is a starting quarterback going into the season, do you think he will be a top 10 fantasy quarterback? No. Even with Devontae Adams? You're still saying no? No. Top 15, yes. It's funny because uh, a lot of people wouldn't have put Justin Herbert last year in the top 10. Look where he finished. Uh, I'll say he's top 15, definitely not top 10. He's in the better half of the league, the better half. Top, top 16, he's better half of the league. All right. Well, on that note, we'll end the show. Hey, Lord Fish, thank you for joining me tonight. I appreciate your time. And yep. until next time, everybody, peace. Peace.